Everybody, please welcome our guest for this evening, Jonathan Keeble. How are you, mate? I'm very good. How are you? Very, very well. Great to have you on the show. Everyone's going to be very excited about this one because I know you've played a lot of uh, sort of amazing characters over the years in in this gaming world, and um, hopefully we can touch on a few of them today. Yeah, sure. If but- I can remember them, I will. I will. <laughs> I will. I will try. <laughs> I know you, you look. You were just telling me off air. You you've had a very long and uh, like a massive career, haven't you? You've started this since you were young, right? Yeah, I started uh, doing radio for the BBC in about 1993, and I basically that's did... when I was born. By the way, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> I have to say for those people if they can't see you, you are the palest Australian I've ever seen. Hey, it's the lighting. Hold on, I need. Oh, to is it the lighting? lighting. Is it? Yeah, it's the lighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, um, 1993. I started work for the BBC, and I did four years. Yeah, well, three or four years of basically radio dramas, um, which was great because you got to play a lot of different characters, a lot of different voices. And from that, that's when computer games started to become quite big in the early 90s. Um, and I used my experience to go into that side of the voice world um, and started doing computer games and then audio books. Um, some of your listeners might. If they're into Warhammer, you know, I do loads of stuff for Games Workshop for Warhammer now. Wow. They do audio dramas as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's been a great part of my career. I mean, I'm an actor and I do telly and I do theatre. Yeah. But the audio side of things, you know, has been the mainstay. And, you know, with lockdown, it just went crazy. It, uh, you got my- more work yeah. off lockdown? Yeah, but totally. Yeah. I built my own studio just about two months before lockdown happened in the UK. And um, nothing to do with COVID because didn't know about it. It was just, I wanted to get some more work in America. And in the, in the States, every narrator or um, actor, voice voice actor has their own studio because like, like Australia, it's so massive. You can't just go to one central venue. Whereas in the UK, mm. Nearly all actors, you went and you went and did your voice work in London. Doesn't matter where you lived, you travelled into London because it's possible. But that was not the way they worked in America, and they like to pay the actor direct uh, and use their own studio. So I set this up, and then COVID hit, and it just it, of course all the studios closed, and then people with their own studios, you know. So I was already busy, but it became mega because as we're seeing here you've got every you had everything set up right you've got the soundboard you've got the professional mics it's all ready to go right i've got a uh, yeah neumann mic i've got a yeah audio thunderbolt you know i got yeah um i'm recording today i'm recording um well quite an interesting audio book actually it's a it's a big new biography that penguin a penguin random house are bringing out about putin Oh, so wow. I'm finding, yeah. So I'm in the middle of recording that. Um, I always yeah. wondered, as an actor doing these audio books, you'd learn a lot just by reading yeah. them out. You know what I mean? Totally. I'm like an yeah. expert. I'm an expert in things for about uh, a week before I do the next <laughs> one or the next thing. So you don't I'm retain half the information. 
<laughs> well, you retain some bits that make you that really, you, yeah. you know, uh, re- uh, resonate with you. But uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it. Well, you said Not you yet. did a thousand. So I mean, you—that's unbelievable. Well, I don't think we've had a guest that have, has done a thousand. I know people that have done over five hundred that have come on this show, but a thousand. That's radio plays, well, audio books. Audio books. I've also done. If you go onto uh, Audible, um, I know in the UK it's something like seven hundred and eighty titles of mine you can get. I think it's more in uh, the US. So that, yeah, that's a lot of audio books as well. Yeah, mm. you can just search by your name. Wow. It's, yeah, I, it's I, unbelievable. Knows how many you got there, but. Uh, there's a yeah, it's quite a, it's quite a lot. And typically, is there like an estimate how long each one would take, or they're just all so different? They're all so different. This Putin one uh, is a big old mammoth thing with lots of Russian names. So to record it, it takes um, quite a while. Your average book that you would get from a bookshop, say a thriller, they're yep. usually about three hundred odd pages. It would take me about three days, two and a half days to do one of those, two and a half to three days, depending. Wow. So you got to be on your game because you got to be stay consistent throughout the whole three days, yeah? Yeah, and before you actually record the book, if it's a novel especially, you have to work out all the voices. You have to work all the different voices with the different characters. If it's, a like this Putin biography... I I wouldn't do voices in that because no all the quotes all you're doing is raising the tone slightly to, to tell the listener it's a quote, but obviously in a novel you've got characters you have to give them voices, so you have to work all that out in advance. You know, well that's where the fun is. I'm guessing, right? Oh, I tell you, Dan. I mean, <laughs> uh, everyone who knows me has appeared in one in a book or two of mine because what I do Oh is really I cast, so I'm I'm next is that right <laughs> you, you may well be in it in, in in one because what I do is I cast them in my head so say there's a you know a character's in a thriller and he's a tough-nosed copper or whatever it is I will think of someone I know it might be it might be an actor I've worked with it might be a famous actor it might be Russell Crowe for example yeah but but sometimes it will just be a mate of mine and to tell me when I'm reading, um, recording, that that's who it is, I'll put their initials by the by the start of that bit of speech. So if it was Russell Crowe, ah, I'd be right. Spirit. Yeah. Um, you know, if it was a mate of mine, it would be their initials. But, yeah, um, that's how I work. And to tell myself as I'm reading who is who. Because sometimes when you read a book, they're not you're not told who's speaking. So you have to, you know, mm. obviously it's obvious when you are – reading it but um when you're reading it to record it you need to know what voices yeah which you're going to use and i think everyone here knows how good you are at your work i mean you i don't know how you do it really the the varied voices that i've heard from your work and i haven't heard at all so i don't Mm -hmm. even know your full potential but just the range that i've heard you do is quite Mm -hmm. incredible how have you developed that over the years how is it just Repetition? Is it just working on different voices? Like how? Walk us through that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I typical story. I started doing voices, if you like, at school. So yeah, I was I was mimicking teachers to make my mates laugh, and yeah. uh, 
things like that. And also I started work on my voice when I was about eight. Now, what I mean by that is that I grew up, I know I sound very posh now. I sound very sort of pucker English gent type voice. That is not how I grew up. I grew up in Devon, which is in the West Country in England. Um, I didn't go to a posh school or anything. I went to a comprehensive school, a state school. But I said to my dad, I want to be an actor. Now, my father wasn't in the business, so he, he thought actors were people like Laurence Olivier and, uh, you know, all these very posh. So he would make me listen to the news and I would have to repeat it because I spoke like that, you see. That was my accent. Real, really? That's how I grew up. Wow. Uh, so, wow. I mean, you know, now nowadays you could probably become an actor with this voice because there's there are parts for everyone, right? But... Then my father thought, well, you can't be an actor and sound like that. So he would get me to listen to the news and I would repeat what the news readers were saying as wow. they said it. So yeah. I sort of worked on my voice from about the that age is of eight. That's a crazy story. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then just got into radio and did lots of different, you need to do lots of different accents um, when you're you know, working for the BBC, for the BBC's radio drama company, because you're, you're often be playing two or three parts, like you are in a computer game, like you are in a cartoon. You know, um, you have your one main part, and then you'll have lots of other parts that come along that they want you to play as well. So you you get a facility for it. So do you, is one of the mandatory sort of, re like, requirements is to know all the different types of English accents. Do you know what I mean? The different regions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're asked to do something, you have to, you know, if it's not one that you, some accents come naturally and yeah. others you have to work at. Yeah. And if it's one that you have to work at, I would often, if I was doing a, an accent that I, I didn't really know, I would, Practice it just walking down the street. You know, I must look like a madman just talking <laughs> to myself, reading street signs, reading shop signs, reading, you know, with that accent. Because yeah. all accents are rhythm, you know, and yeah. um, and it's about finding what that, that rhythm is. And um, yeah. once you get that into your head, you can start acting. Because the, ma the main thing you don't want to do is be thinking about the accent when you're acting. You want to be thinking yeah. about the acting. And that, you know. yeah. So, how did it all come about with with games? Because I'm fascinated to know you've been doing this for a while, and I believe your first game was back in early 2000s. Yeah, Ape Escape oh, Two, maybe. Let me just have a look. I've got something yeah. here, um, and I, I love that you're in Killzone because that's one of my classic games. I know you're you're just an additional sort of voice, but. It is interesting to know that you were in that as well. You probably don't even remember half these games because <laughs> they're probably yeah, just one one session game, one session sort of in and out. Yeah, it depends on what the part was. You know, I mean, yeah. something. Um, you know, I mentioned to you uh, off air about Fable. You know, that mm. was quite a big part, so you were in for more. But often, yeah, you'd be in for an afternoon doing your character. Um, and uh, yeah, early two thousands is about right when the game started to kick in. Now, what's the um, difference from then to now doing Elden Ring? Has there is there been a really big shift 
in your opinion, of the games you're getting now, or is it similar? Massive, massive. Yeah. The games, the early games um, were shoot them up, kill them sort of games where it was, it was all about the action, the the actual speech, the actual script. The was story. Less, yeah. The story you were there was, you know, you were there to die really or to, <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was very basic. I think Fable was one of the early, and another one I did called Genji. They were the two of the earliest ones where I thought, oh, this is interesting. There's proper writers on these now. I mean, Elden Ring's got George R.R. R. Martin as one of the writers, you know. I mean, they're like movie scripts now, the games. Mm. And, um, you know, the the punters, the, 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 the players are so much more so sophisticated now that that's what they demand mm. and that's what they're getting. And it's um, great for the actors because you, you know, you have a a story to your character, you have a transition. It's like, it's just the same as being in a, in a telly or a movie or whatever it is. Mm. Being in a computer game now is a, is a, there's still the dying and the shouting and the screaming. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's um, just evolved the storytelling aspect, hasn't it? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, they're much more entertaining now to do. And, you know, they're much more interactive for the actors than they used to be. The the directors um, actually listen to your input. And yeah, wow. Take on board what you say, especially if you've done a few. I mean, Elder Ring wasn't the first one I've done for them. I did. Uh, no, you did four, some of the Souls four. games, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sort of, you you've gained their trust. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, because yeah. you did Demon Souls, right? That was for them back in two thousand nine. That's right. Yeah, Demon Souls. Um, I tell you what, a weird story. I did one early one was a thing called Dragon Quest, right? Oh yeah. Now Dragon Quest was so popular in Japan that when a new edition came out, um, after after like the second or third time they decided to make it a national holiday because, <laughs> because so many people were not turning up at work Imagine because that. they were home playing Dragon Quest. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Japanese, we're very practical people, decided, <laughs> well, we're not going to have a complaint about this. We'll just make it a national holiday. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, that was an early one, 2004. I remember that. Ape Escape. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, tell me about Ape Escape. What do you remember from that? Because you you played the Red Monkey, yeah? I played the Red Monkey and a yeah. professor. I just remember it being quite funny. Pretty iconic board. role, really, for some people that, that played that. They'll definitely remember that character. Red Monkey, yeah. 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 No, I mean, I can't remember a lot about... Um, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember a lot about the games, but I do remember... <laughs> well, because I did more than one, I just remember... It being a job that when you went back to it, it was like, oh, this is going to be good fun. You yeah. know, some some games are some games are more lighthearted, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, you know, you you have a good time doing them. Um yeah. So yeah. tell me about how you got the role in Elden Ring as uh Malekith and Garonk. Is that how you say it? Garonk? Garonk? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Well, um, that was a follow-on from the demon. So I, I played one called Saint Urbane uh, in the previous yeah. game. And um, this character, well, 
To be honest, I think part of the reason was there's a voice that I do, yeah, which I developed um, to uh, do an ad over here for cinemas. There's a, a chain of cinemas over here called Odeon, and um, years ago they wanted the vo the voice of the guy in America, the Thunderthroat guy. Um, yeah, like in a voice. world sort of thing. That voice down there. Whoa! You know that? <laughs> How did you do that? So they wanted that voice. Wow. And, um, yeah. What I did, I copied him, and this guy in America. He's a fascinating story in that he he got mumps when he was 13. And uh, he woke up one morning and the mumps, you know, it can make men um, infertile or impotent or whatever. I can't mean, infertile, I think. But <clears> him, <throat> it affected his voice. So he woke up at the age of 13 or 14. With a voice down there. Can I have some candy, please? You know, you can imagine. Wow. And he was a bit of a freak. Um, you know, he thought he was. He joined the Navy. He then became a sound engineer. And he had his own <laughs> studio. And one day, the voiceover guy didn't turn up. And uh, the client that, that's said... That's how he got the gig. You're kidding. Yeah, why don't you do it? Wow. And that, then he started. Of course, he became the voice of all the movie trailers. And he used to... I remember when I was listening to him to sort of try and copy him. He always used to emphasize the smallest word in every sentence. So it would be like um, Sylvester Stallone is, and then the name of the character. So I did that for Odeon. And then in Elden Ring, there's a bit where he changes into this creature. Yeah, so can uh, you confirm they're the, they're the same person, right? Those two characters? Are, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. The change that happens. Yeah, but they, yeah. That, that voice is the... Um, yeah, that voice is the. Yeah, um, I was just saying about that voice that you create a rod for your own back because sometimes if you choose to do a voice, and then later on, they want you to do a part like that again but bigger. You then spend the whole day speaking like that. Well, and you end up. That would f your throat, no? Well, exactly. It's yeah. hard work. So well, how certain... do you balance that? Like, do you take tea? Do you do it just for 30 minutes at a time or what? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, that voice is so extreme. Yeah. That usually the characters who have that voice. Don't talk too much. Don't have huge amounts to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it's true. It is true. Yeah. Yeah. Which So, so that works well. Um, but, yeah, yeah. It's, it's worth bearing in mind, you know, there's a whole Warhammer thing that I do. Um, called the Skaven, who are these rats, and they and I created a voice for them, which is a very high-pitched sort of squeaky thing, which uh, is hard work, and there's a whole book of them. So, you know, but what, But once you've created the voice of these things... You're stuck. That, that, you're stuck. <laughs> I mean, because I... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you, you shoot, you're shooting yourself in the foot, sort of. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, you know, you've so, got to go for these things. You know, you can't oh, yeah. do these things half-heartedly. Nah. It's like the screaming and the, and the dying and things. When you record in a computer game, if there are shouts and screams, and when there usually are, um, they're always recorded at the end, so you can give it everything. Um, yeah. You know, before you know, rather than during the session, 
um, because you can't hold back. If someone's screaming as they're dying, you can't use voice projection from your diaphragm for that. That's not how people scream when they're dying. <laughs> yeah, right. So walk us through. So was this just a normal audition for Elden Ring? Or was there anything different about the process for you to a typical job? Um, Elden Ring, um, it's Miyazaki, isn't it? Is yeah, name? Miyazaki, yep. Miyazaki was sort of, what was different was that he was on like a Zoom call like this. So he was in the room with us, if you like. Yeah. I mean, usually what happens with the, with the uh, auditions is they have a representative from the company. So there's usually someone from, over from Japan, but it's yep. not usually him. Not the director, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but he was there this time and uh, could direct you during the audition, if you like. Um, so that was great. So uh, you, you really... You, you could really sometimes you're second guessing even if someone's a very good middleman passing on what Miyazaki might want it's much better coming from him and yeah. then you can try and give him what he wants uh, a direct line so to speak and um, yeah and I knew uh, the, the the guy who was the English voice director he was a uh, I've worked on lots of games with him yeah uh, and he was great and yeah it's just it's a very friendly atmosphere actually it, it's the voice world generally computer games radio um ads whatever it's a very it's a very friendly atmosphere usually people aren't worried about things that they are worried about when they do telly they're not worried less about egos they... you what less egos Less egos. They're not worried about how they look. They don't mm. have to look their best. They don't have to learn the lines. You know, it's all there on a screen for you. It's all about you just acting the, the lines. And, and uh, yeah, there's less ego there, and mm -hmm. um, which means that people behave better, shall we say. Because sometimes, yeah. you know, with uh, creative types, the ego gets in the way and uh, you get a bit prima donna-ish, people can. Well, I'm sure you've but, seen a few of those over the years, eh? Hey? I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But very few in the voice world. Yeah. For that reason, because most actors just love doing it. You know, they love being in a studio, you know, not having to think about, you know, where to stand and all the rest of it. It's all, it's all a controlled environment where everything is geared to getting the best performance out of you. Whereas in telly, you know, they're worried about the framing of the shot. They're worried about this, you know, all different mm. things that are out of your control. With radio, with audio, it's it's so much easier. And with games, you're asking me how things have changed. Well, one of the ways that things have changed with games and with um, cartoons is that now we record the voice first and they animate around you. Now this is all, this is a massive change because it's so much easier as the voice actor to come in and do what you want to do within, you know, bounds. Yeah, instead of minding it. But then yeah. they will work 
around you. And I know with CGI, with computers, it's become easier, but it even happened before then. The big change in voice acting was The Simpsons. The Simpsons really? was the first cartoon where the actors sat around a table and recorded it just like a radio play. And it was all, and it was because um, Matt Groening found, found this firm in Korea that was so reasonable that they could do that because it's more costly to do that than do the animation first to get the actors a fit around that. But of course, really? the Simpsons yeah. were such a hit and they, and it was like, they, they, they were so alive, these characters that they realized this is the way to go. And so mm. since then, I'm recording a, a cartoon series, animated series throughout this year. And that's what they're doing. I mean, that's the way it's done now. That's, and, the, and it's exactly the same with computer games. You, you know. must feel like you've got the gig of a lifetime, <laughs> really. Yeah, Do, you mean, must wake up feeling a bit, you know, grateful. Yeah, no, I, I am. I get paid to do something <laughs> I love, and that's yeah. That you've you've got the um, you know, the golden ticket if you've if you've managed to do something that you love in yeah. life um, and get paid for it. You know, I wanted to be a cricketer when I was younger. Um, oh, you like you like cricket? Yeah, that was same with oh, me. I was it, supposed to be a cricketer too. Yeah, you know, I grew up in an era in this country when you know my my local county side was somerset and at the time it, you had ian botham and viv richards oh geez it was a great team oh. to go and watch and i and that's what yeah. i and i just thought you know those guys are so lucky they're doing something that they love and then i found the acting and i and i and i'm as you say i'm very privileged to be in that situation you were know? you a batter yeah. or a bowler by the way i was a bowler obviously yeah same here. And I was, no, really. Not off spin, yeah. but bowler, yeah. 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 And, you know, in those days, I really was a bowler, i.e., I mean, I was always going in at number 10 or 11, and I quite enjoyed it, but there was no real – I played to a reasonable level, but there was no real yeah. demand for you to be a decent batsman, whereas now every yeah. team wants up to number 10 to be an all-rounder, don't they? Well, yeah. That wasn't the case then. No, I, exactly. Yeah, I used to be come around seven, and I'd be the big hitter. Yeah, that's the style of batting. <laughs> so it either yeah, went you, well. Or obviously, you could hit the ball quite quite away. I think you know. Looking yeah, at yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I I gave it up just because I hated fielding. <laughs> Sounds <Yeah>. lazy, but <laughs> I understand that. I had, I used to stay in the slip. You know, so yeah, like, see, they put me in fine leg and positions like that, oh. so you got to run around all day. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> so with um, yeah. back back to Elden Ring, um, did you did you struggle with the translator? Because obviously Miyazaki's son is Japanese, and he's got to pass that information on, and there's a bit of a process there, which is what I've heard from the other actors and yourself. So. Uh, did you did you struggle with that at all, or was that fine for you? Was that just a normal no, well, thing? You are right, and it, it gets filtered through. So there's a there's a there's a someone from the the Japanese uh, and there's a Japanese guy in the room, but then he basically says what 
Miyazaki wants. And then there's an English voice director who passes it on to you. Experienced, who sort of again interprets yeah. into a language actors can understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, there's famous stories about in, in, in the voice world where people who don't understand will say something like, uh, you know, for an advert or something, will say, yeah, that was really great. Can you do it again? And can you take three seconds off it, but don't sound so pacey as you did last time? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is a useless direction, okay? <laughs> so it's about, mm. it's about having a director who can actually put into words that an actor will understand what what they are they are trying to get out of you because mm -hmm. that's what it's all about you know you're you are trying to get the best performance out of you and obviously they have the overall picture in their heads which is an actor you really don't have you come in and do your little bit on a game um and because of ndas and the the absolute you know sort of Kremlin-like security that they have around these games now. Um, <laughs> it, it really Sniper is. Sniper on your it? head at all times. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> you, you never see another actor's script. You never see, you know. Yeah. Given, you're, you know, you're given little pockets of information, but uh, that's all. Yeah, it's not like you were given the whole script of Elden Ring, you know. No. Well, I know, <laughs> I know for a fact that with Elden Ring, yeah, because we recorded some of it before lockdown, and th that there long was a ago. Lot, wow. Yeah, there was a lot of work done during the lockdown period when certain things were changed uh, with the story, I think, and whatever. And so after lockdown, um, we came back and did some further voice work on it. Not that long before it um, was released, so. That must yeah. be. That was a case of. I think I, that was a case where I did see the, you know, the the animation all the way, and you you sort of fit into what was going on. But because um, it has yeah. to be done at that point, doesn't it? They're, they're oh, on the yeah, final yeah. touches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because the voice, as you said, was demanding. Garonks wasn't as bad, was it? That was more no. manageable. No, that was more normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you have to have you have to have the change. I mean, I, I I haven't played it. I haven't played many games, to be honest. Um, but people, well, I'm quite pleased that my boss comes near the end. Yep. He's quite near And you're one end. of the favourites as well, I must say. Oh, really? Yeah, people are loving the character, yeah. But they're, they're, I'm glad you said that they're the same person because there's theories going around that, you know, they're different people and stuff. So I've always had the theory that they were the same. But um, well, that's what I was working on when I was yeah. doing it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even you might not know. But because no. um, because uh, I think what people don't understand is that you don't get much information on the character, do you? Really, you get a small snippet of backstory when you go yeah. in, or what? Yeah. 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 You get a small bit of backstory. Um, do they give you a picture of what of what yeah. he looks like? You yeah. You, you get a picture of what it's going to look like, and you get told the sort of um, thing that they're going for. Yeah. Uh, but then you are given a lot of um, 
you're you're given a lot of leeway to come up with stuff yourself that you think works um not with computer games so much but certainly with cartoons often you'll get a uh they'll say they'll they'll have a voice reference or oh, we want this one to sound like um vin diesel so you might do a voice like vin diesel but then you might think something else and then that will work mm. and, and, and they actually and with but with the computer games with Elden Ring, you know, I knew that he had to be turning to this beast, and I knew that they knew that I did that sort of voice. Um, so you were sort of prepared, yeah. You I sort was sort of, sort of prepared, yeah, for why I was there. Is it? Mm. Did you audition with that voice? Was that the the auditioning process? The same voice that came out in the end? Yeah, 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 yeah. More, more or less. And when you're auditioning, are you auditioning for one character or multiple? Like, walk me through that. Well, that depends on the game. Sometimes, right. you know, if there's if there's so many characters, um, and it depends on their budget, to be honest, because obviously, yeah. um, you know, you're paid for the session and then a buyout. Well, if you can do your character uh in that session and then do maybe another one for them all the better mm. um but with Elden Ring the bu- the budget wasn't really a problem and so you got a that's a big cast in Elden Ring um and and more or less they, those voices uh you you're, you've only got one person doing one thing do you know the reach of this game do you have any idea how big this game well, is somebody told me <laughs> that the trio of games, mm. uh, Elden Ring, Demon Souls, and the one before that, Dark Souls, or whatever. Yeah, money-wise, may become the biggest money-making entertainment trilogy of all time. <laughs> it's probably true. It's probably true that Elden Ring has sold to uh, to our knowledge twelve million copies. At this point, but it's probably nearing twenty now, which is really good for gaming, yeah. um, and especially f- compared to Dark Souls, Demon Souls, this is a big leap. Yeah, uh, and it's just the reviews were tens all across the board, pretty much. I mean, 90, 96 out of a hundred, it's sitting on in Metacritic. So, um, I mean, uh, yeah. It's it's great, and I mean, I know it had won an award even before it came out, which was the most anticipated game of the yeah. year. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sure it will it will do well at the uh, the award ceremony this year. Oh, it'll it. probably win everything. Let's yeah. hope you're up for an award, eh? Well, I mean, to be honest, what they did do this year, because often once you've done it your your sort of connection with the game is over once you've recorded your stuff. But the studio where we recorded it, a place called Liquid Violet, they're very good. And um, yeah. they're very good at keeping in touch with their actors. And on the release day of Elden Ring, they had a big party. So Did we you go? All, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And so, yeah. And so um, a lot of the actors were there. Mm. Um and uh, you know the booze was flowing. The game was on. <laughs> the game was on in all the studios. You could go in and play it. And uh, yeah, yeah. So and you have. So all... you've seen it played. 
I've seen it played. Yeah, yeah. 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 And the engineers who, are, you know, a lot of them are gamers were, you know, they were very excited by how difficult it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm looking at on YouTube now and Malekith, the boss battles on 1.1 million, just one of the videos. So that's how many, that's the reach that you're looking at that have heard your voice. It's yeah. pretty crazy, isn't it? It is mad. It is mad. And uh, as I said to you early on, you know, as an actor, you go in and do a job and you don't have any idea of the reach uh, that it's going to be. I mean, going back to old games, I did one years ago, Star Wars, The Old Republic. Oh, what a classic. Yeah. And um, I was at a Comic-Con recently. Um, I was asked to go and, you know, be part of that, uh, mainly through the the, ga the games I've done and the Warhammer stuff. And um, yeah. a girl turned up, you know, in the cosplay thing. She came, came dressed as a Star Wars character. And um, she had come just because of that game, you know, because she wanted to get an autograph or whatever. And um, she was asking me, you know, about it. Well... That game, I played something like 20 characters, you know. I was um, going to say, I'm looking at the list. <laughs> You've got a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I do remember there's a, a little story about that. We recorded that, and there were these two guys from the States. And um, they basically said they wanted the voices all to be sort of RP, slightly maybe what we would say off. By that, I mean sort of just slightly London, but not very London. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. All the same, yeah. right? Yeah. And at one point, I'm playing 20 characters, and I said to these guys, I said, look, <laughs> couldn't we just, I don't know, couldn't we uh, do something different with an accent? I don't know, make this guy from Northern Ireland. <laughs> and uh, and these Americans looked at me like I was mad and said, wow, God, I don't know. Uh, what do you think? And they, they made a phone call. <laughs> I swear on my kids' lives, they phoned up um, Skywalker Ranch, no, they did seriously, not. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, and got hold of George Lucas. Oh my goodness! I kid you that not. That is and crazy. Said, and said, "Look, uh, there's this guy. He's, uh, he's he, he wants to do an accent. He wants to play this guy in Northern Irish. What do you think, Mister Lucas?" And evidently, George Lucas said to them, "Why not? The universe is a big place." <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is crazy. Just just to give you guys listening a couple of the characters, Agent Delacon, Captain Shivanek, uh, Commander Geralt, Commander Tarkas, Fixer 2, General Mirian, Imperial Citizen. We could go on. I've never seen that many build characters for someone in a game. <laughs> you really yeah. put your work in on that one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. Well, they got their money's worth. Oh, did they? Did they ever? Yeah. Shit. Far out. Uh, <laughs> that's that's sort of been my shtick, really. Has been, you know, I, I'm 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 quite cheap in that uh, I make it easy for them, so I, I can play lots of different characters. Well, it's uh, it's a compliment, isn't it? Really. Oh yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. No, it is, and I enjoy it, and. Um, Mm. I, I like both. I like you know. I like the sort of focus of playing one, and I like the fun and challenge of playing, you know, a multitude of characters. 
Yeah. You mentioned earlier buyout. Can you explain that to, to the people that might not know what that is? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, traditionally, um, actors have been paid for things. Either you get a fee to go and do your studio session, mm-hmm. and then there's you either get paid repeat fees, i.e., or a percentage of sales, or you get a buyout. Now, you know, there's hardly anything where you get repeat fees or percentages now. They're so massive, the sales. They, I don't know how they'd, you know, it'd be it would be great for the actors, but no, it's all buyouts now. And by by that, they'll they'll give you a wad of cash to, to sort keep of, you happy. <laughs> to keep you happy and say, that's it. You don't get any more from, <laughs> you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, which is uh, the people who are on repeat fees for like TV programs and ads and things all over the world, this is, they were on a very, very good deal because these programs have been, if you think of any, I don't know, any Like sort of Friends, customers. the guys from Friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, shown all over the world. Every time it's shown, they get something. Yeah. I mean, I have actually done a few cartoon series where that's been the case, and uh, yeah, it's yeah. very nice. But it um, it happens very rarely now. It's nearly always what they call a buyout. Yeah, right. Which is still, I mean, you know, I am not complaining. It's um, it, you know, it's a joy to be able to get paid for doing something that you love and paid reasonably well. You know. But yeah, the buyout days. Can you imagine if I had a percentage of Elden Ring? <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't mind a bit of that pie. Even one percent, yeah. I would take that. <laughs> yeah. uh, what are the other famous? Yeah, go on. No, no, please. I'll just tell you a little famous story about that. Yeah, you know the there is the Office. Which yeah, one? Rick, I know both, but yeah. Well, Ricky Gervais's Office. Yeah, I love right? that one. Yeah, the very first series. Well. All of the series, the Brit series, yeah. The BBC, for some reason, they thought they were they they were going to make it, but they didn't believe in it at all, at all. And so, instead of paying the actors a reasonable amount, they paid them the minimum wage they could, but said, "But you know, everyone who's in it gets a half a percentage of any DVD sales." Well, all of those people in the office that you see in the background. They aren't extras. They're actual. They're actors because Ricky Gervais wanted proper actors in the background. He didn't want extras. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. So all of those people you see, even though they might not have lines, they might have like one line in three three series. In fact, I worked with a guy who that was the case. I think he spoke twice in three series, but he's there in the office, right? Well, obviously it went through the roof, and because of the DVD sales. His little half a percent, he was earning £100,000 a year off of that. That's insane. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, the BBC will never make that mistake again. I <laughs> wow. I, I do love that series. I actually like it more than the US one. Now, people will crucify me for that, but I don't know. I just think it's a bit of a classic, the Ricky Gervais yeah. version. But, it just um, depends on your sense of humour. Yeah, well. yeah. Um, so what do your kids or friends or family think of your line of work? Are they fascinated by that? Are they desensitised? 
the kids, it's it's always, you know, a profit in your own home or profit in your own hometown type thing. So the kids, um, it's more their friends who are, yeah, yeah. are slightly, you know, um, I don't know, they get something out of meeting me. The kids themselves, the two boys, um, you know, boys, they're 23 and 18 now. But when I've been in stuff, um, they're sort of pretty blasé about it. But Elden Ring was a good example, actually. There's a good, uh, uh, you know, my one of my lads is 18, and there's a lot of his mates who play it who are just... They must be... Object. Yeah, I was going to say, you're the cool dad right now. Yeah. Yeah. But not at home. Uh, not, no, not, not at home. home. Never. But uh, <laughs> never was, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's been quite nice. And you, you sort of forget when you meet them and they're a bit tongue tied and um, sort of, and they're just, they're your They're actually nervous. Mate. Some of them. Yeah. Oh, mm. that's, that's sort of, yeah, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and have you ever had, have you, have you had that happen before to this sort of scale with Olden Ring, you know, on other projects or I'm curious. Um, I've, I've had it. <clears throat> Um, with certain cartoon series in this country, which were very big, and obviously with the boys who were at school, um, yeah, there was a thing called Strange Hill High, which was very big in this country that I was in, and uh, that happened with that. The computer games, no, with, with computer games, it tends to be. I don't realise it until I go into a situation. For example, I'm often asked to go and give what they call master classes, for want of a better word. At drama schools, um, you know, RADA and Central and places like that. And I will be talking to the students and they'll ask me about maybe a computer game that I know, and I'll mention something which they played as kids. And they'll then they'll get absolutely, you know, these are would-be actors, but they get they get a bit silly and a bit sort of, you know, <laughs> childish. Funny. Suddenly, yeah. There's Jack of Blades from Fable or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, Red yeah. Monkeys in there, you know, yeah, Professor Layton, you know, sitting there or whatever, you know. So um, it has happened to a certain amount, but Elden Ring has been a biggie, I have to say. Mm. Oh, I've got a couple yeah. more for you because I know you're a busy man. What mm-hmm. is there? A, is there a character that you'd love to play if you could get your pick of the mill? Is there a character that you would love to do at all? Well, yeah. Um, I've been very lucky, you know, in theatre and telly and uh, and with the voice work. Um, I've played a lot of lovely parts. I'm probably too old now, but I would have loved to have played on the stage Richard III. I, you know, really? uh, Shakespeare, yeah. Uh, I've played Hamlet. I heard yep. Hamlet when I was 18 in theatre. Um, but, yeah, Richard III. Um, Why Richard III? I just think he's a really wonderfully complex, evil character. I play a lot of villains uh, with my voice. I tend to play a lot of villains. And um, he is a wonderfully villainous character, but he's very seductive and yeah. um, and sort of... It'll be fun, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, so I, th- I, th- I suppose I'd have to say that. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, I can't think of. Uh, do you still do much theatre? 
these days? I haven't done any theatre since before lockdown. Um, yeah. The last theatre I did was at the Globe Theatre in London, uh, which I still enjoy, but nowadays it has to be really worth my while. Because it's um, a lot of time, isn't it? You know, It's a lot of time and, um, you know, it means I can't... I, I have certain ongoing commitments with voice work that to give those up, it would have wouldn't to be make really sense. Yeah. top part, you know. Mm. I mean, you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, but TV is easier to fit in, you see, because it's a few days and... Yeah. Yeah. I'm up for the part, I'm up for the part of... Uh, I've just done a self-tape or something uh, yesterday. He's a killer in a soap over here called Hollyoaks. And I probably shouldn't be telling you this, but his name is Les the Embalmer. Which <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a blast. Well, so I yeah, Les I hope you Embalmer. get it. I hope you um, get it. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Isn't it, can you just give us a quick rundown? How many self-tapes would you do a year? Because I don't think people realise how many you have to do. Well, you see, that with, with the, the TV uh, casting now, used to go somewhere and talk to someone and be in a room with them and they'd film you. Yeah. But since lockdown, it's all self-tape. Mm. And that's not going to change. That's one of the things in our business, the same with home studios. Because people have set up these home studios, that ain't changing now. It's never going to be like it was where you all went to London and recorded stuff. I mean, something like Elden Ring you do. You go to a massive studio and do it. But, you know, lots of voice work will now be in studios and self-tapes is the norm. So I reckon I must do about four or five a month, I suppose, you know. Um, yeah. And that's something to get used to as well because of just filming yourself and, you know, knowing how all that works. It's it's a different process, isn't it, than being in person? It's a bit of a change, it's isn't it? Totally different world. And yeah. I'm lucky and I'm fair, you know, certainly with the voice stuff, if I have to test test for anything, um, I've got my own studio. I've got Pro Tools. I've got, you know, a Neumann, you know, TLM 103. You know, I've got everything to make me sound as good as I can sound, which gives me a huge advantage over people who haven't got that. You know, and I and I often understand that, you know, um, it's become a business where you need to be that tech savvy. Um, and the same with self-taping, you know, these are people whose lives are devoted to how things look if it's telly. So if your self-tape looks naff, it's not going to reflect well on you. And I feel very sorry for people older than me. You know, I've got actor friends who are in their 70s. Mm. This is... It's frightening it's, for them. It's it's different world. Yeah. It's a different world. They train mm. they their training was all about going into a room with someone and charming them. Yeah. And now it's all about s setting up a, a an iPad to film yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, making sure your background's right. And this is not what they bought into. <laughs> yeah. Have you always been tech savvy yourself? No. Have you no? No, 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 no. I mean, you know, um the I've learned to be. I mean, yeah. I I I thought this was going to be quite a gentle process with the home studio and uh, yeah. learning to edit myself and everything. But it, because of COVID, it was a crash course, and so I'm uh, because of the lockdown. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm 
I'm delighted that I can w- work my way around Pro Tools now and sort of, you know, it means I can live anywhere as well. That's the mm. joy of it. I, I want to go back to the coast where I grew up by the coast. I want to move back to the sea. And um, I can do that now. Mm. You know, I can as long as I have a room that is soundproofed, I have all the equipment. I don't need to be traveling into London anymore to do stuff. You know, I did 25 yeah. years of living in London and then another 10 years of traveling there very frequently. Well, yeah. lockdown has changed that for a lot of people in lots of ways. There's lots more homeworking. Um, you know, people will go back to the office, but in London now, for example, Thursday night is the, is the, is the new Friday. Friday, it's empty now, more or less, in London because people don't go, aren't working in London on Friday or Monday. They work in London Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Have a big, you know, party night on Thursday. Go out for a few drinks, and Friday they're working from home. They have a long weekend, and I and I think that work-life balance is gonna probably gonna stay. Well, there, there's some good thing. There's some good and bad things about it, isn't there? Really, um, but we just have yeah. to learn to adapt. Yeah, I yeah. mean. I really wouldn't like it to be, uh, you know, everyone working from home because no, you know, that, that, that'll lose. When, the... you're, when you're 20 years old, you don't want to be stuck in a cupboard, you know, uh, in front of a computer. You want to be going into town and meeting people and, you know, mm-hmm. it's all very well for an old fart like me who's done it all, but you know, <laughs> for, um, come on, you're not an old fart. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway. An old fart wouldn't be wouldn't be a star in Elden Ring. I'll give you that. <laughs> um, so quickly, what 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 mic do you recommend? Which one do you have, by the way? Because I'm going to get your one. I reckon it's Anno- a Neumann, a Neumann. A Neumann TLM 103. Yeah, there's a 102 and a 103. The 102 is cheaper. This is about the 103 is the sort of studio level. They're not mic, cheap. I know that. It's, <laughs> I don't know what it'd be in Aussie dollars, but it's it's about nine hundred quid here. Yeah. Um, but the the, the TLM one hundred two is a good three or four hundred pounds cheaper than that, and is, I would say, you know, as good. The reason yeah. I went for the TLM one hundred three was that when I did my research into all this, when you get work in the states, they want you to send them your spec. They want to know what you've got. What mic have you got? What what uh, interface have you got? What da da da? And of course, if you put the the top thing, you know that it's being a label sort of junkie almost. It's sort of no, no. I hundred percent understand it. Yeah, hundred so percent. Any advantage you can get because it's very competitive field. Let's be honest. It is a massively competitive field. Yeah. Um, uh, and I've always said to you know when I talk to younger actors wanting to get into it. The joy about audio, computer games, uh, radio drama, whatever it is, is that it's very democratic. They don't care whether you've been at the Royal National Theatre or the RSC for five years or, you know, if you haven't had a job for two years. They listen to your showreel or your test or whatever it is, and if your voice really zings to them, then they're going to get you in. And that's a very democratic way that it doesn't really happen in a lot of our areas, you know. Um, and it doesn't matter what you look like. Mm. You know, again, that is a very 
big thing these days. You know, um, in telly, you more or less get to play who or what you are and where you're from. Whereas with the radio and with, you know, you have to be able to often play multiple characters. Um, yeah. And that's great fun for an actor. So it's uh, it's a really, um, it's a great part of the industry to get involved in. Yeah. And did you have any advice? Do you have any quick advice for anyone that's looking to get into acting in general, voice acting, or any any of those creative arts? Yeah, well, voice acting. I would say the main thing is to get to know your voice. You know, we all look at ourselves in the mirror every day. We sort of know what we look like, but most of us only ever hear our voices recorded on an on a um, answer phone or something like that. It's a mm. very poor mm. poor recreation. It's often why. If you listen to your voice, people go, oh, my God, did I sound like that? Oh, no. <laughs> you know, um, get to know your voice, you know, uh, record yourself speaking, record yourself reading something, um, get to know what you're good at, get to know what you, you need work on. But if you want to try and get into voice acting, you make a show reel. It's much easier now. Um, you can even do something with an iPad and record now because – because people are used to receiving tests and things through for an iPad or for an iPhone. They will yeah. listen to stuff, whereas in the past, it used to have to be recorded in a studio and was very mm. expensive. It has actually become a lot cheaper. Mm. You, and you can email your test to someone or email whatever. It, it, it's, it's become very even more open. Um, more accessible, you think? Yeah. I think it's become a lot more accessible. Um, you know, Telly side, movie side, theatre side is still quite traditional way of becoming an actor. You need yeah. to uh, do a bit of training and um, you know get an agent and all those. But things. still, I, I like I like to tell people that you you do have to be an actor at your core to do voiceover. You can't just do silly voice. You have to be an actor still. Don't you? you have to have some of the same qualities? Don't you? Totally. Totally. Yeah. But there's a big difference. There are people mm. who are just voiceovers, mm. and they're not actors. Exactly. You know, uh, all the people that you will have talked to uh, about the ga- uh, about your games and things about that they are actors mm. who are appearing in a in a computer game, the same as they're appearing in a telly or whatever. And um, yeah, I think that's more or less the same the world over as well. I, I don't think mm. you know. I know in Japan, you know those those voice actors in Japan are very highly thought of as actors. Mm. You know. Um, and and I think it's more or less the same everywhere. Yeah, but yeah. You need to be an actor. You can't just put on silly voices. Is there anything you want to say to the Elden Ring fans? Well, I've got you. Anything you wanted to uh, wanted to let them know? Um, just that. Uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And um, you know, if that thing flashes up, you died. Don't be too distraught. <laughs> Next time, <laughs> why not? <laughs> and do you have any um, do you have any upcoming projects you can talk about? Because I know you got the snipers. Is there anything like any more games or anything you can talk about, or is it all under the rug at the moment? Uh, there is one coming up, but I can't really talk about that. Uh, yep. There's an animation I'm doing, I think called Sasha and Milo, which is coming out. Will be coming out next year. That's um, you might you, that that might be go worldwide. Yep. Uh, that's but a, that's the thing for like 
probably six to ten year old kids, you know. Yeah. In which I play I play the villain again, who is half cat, half man. What sort of voice do you do for that, if you don't mind me asking, hearing? Well, he's he he's actually very sort of sort of an Alan Rickman type type sort of um villain, English villain. You know, sort sort of the sort of very understated, sort of just devious um yeah, because you can't go too over the top for a kid's show or it'll no. be too scary, you know. Yeah. No. yeah. And occasionally the cat side of him comes out, you know, um, and you'll get sort of <laughs> noises and all that sort of thing go on. You play a lot of different animals and beasts, don't you? <laughs> Monkeys and beasts and cats and... <laughs> Uh, it's fantastic. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, mate. I hope you had a had a good time. Very, very much so. Lovely to speak to you, Dan. Thank you, mate. And before I let you go, can I quickly get Malekith to say something to Dan? Just quickly. Keep the faith, Dan. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> Thank you, mate. I really appreciate it, guys. Make sure you keep a lock on this man. He's got 700 Audible shows that you can listen to right now on um, Audible. Is that right? Yep. They're all there and you're in about 100 games and I'm sure we're going to hear you very, very soon. I hope so. Thank you, mate. Right. Have a great day. Cheers. Cheers.